Well, let's give it up for Nate Dyson. How's it going, Jeff? Hey! There we are. You're a very excited bunch there. You may all take your seats. Come on, who's excited to be in the house of God tonight? I know I am. Um, it's a real honour to preach tonight, and um, I'll just quickly start us out with a, with a quick prayer, because who knows, you can never go wrong putting God first, right? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Lord. We just pray tonight, Father, that there wouldn't be uh, words just spoken, but we pray that uh, there would be a, a revelation downloaded into our hearts. Lord, that you would speak to us tonight where we're at, that you'd meet every individual here tonight where they're at. And Lord, I just pray that, uh, yeah, that, that more than ever, God, we'd just have a, a greater level of hope in you tonight, Jesus. And everyone said? Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So we are... Yeah, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Nathan. Uh, this is my beautiful wife over here, Jess. She's very beautiful. Uh, and um, yeah, t- tonight I'm going to talk um, on just, uh, we're talking about uh, wide open doors. And I'm sure you've, if you've been around for more than one Sunday, you've heard that that is the theme of, of, this, of this year for our church. And, um, and uh, a verse I want to I share is uh, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18. And it says, um, so we fix our eyes... Uh, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is only temporary, so only a moment. But what is unseen is eternal. And um, the and I just want to share a little story, which is um, I don't know if you know it, but there was a little baby born in Bethlehem. His name was Jesus. And uh, yeah, so well, it's a good place to start. And uh, and and Jesus was born in Bethlehem and uh, in, in in a place called Judea. And there was a a, a Roman a Roman. Uh, Lord there called Herod. His name was, they called him Herod the Great. And uh, the thing was, uh, you see, in, in history, uh, Jewish people had often been persecuted and, uh, and, 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 um, and enslaved, and, and God had, had set them free, free through a number of ways. And uh, a, a lot of people at this point in time thought that Jesus was coming back uh, to set them free from the Roman Empire. And, they, and, and some of the Romans even thought that Jesus was going to rise up and overthrow the Roman Empire. And uh, the, the reason I'm saying this is because uh, oftentimes we just see in the natural, and we just see what's in front of us. We just see, uh, you know, we're talking about wide open doors, and we often think, oh, wide open doors. We think, oh, opportunities, maybe promotions at work, maybe it's a new uh, house, maybe it's a new relationship, something like that. And, uh, and what I want to provoke tonight is that maybe the wide open doors in your life are the things that are unseen. And uh, there's this, this, uh, this um, uh, a quote that says, if, it, if it's not eternal, it's eternally useless. Yeah. Let that sink in for a minute, you know? If it's not eternal, it's eternally useless. And we don't want to be a people. You know, we're not here just for a moment in time. We're here to make a difference. And we're not here to make a difference just so they can say, in Auckland, New Zealand, they saw the city saved. Where it's, it's, you know, God didn't come for a point in time, and thank goodness he didn't. He came for a specific person, and that person was you and me. You know, if he came for a point in time, we would read in history that he rose up and overthrew the Roman Empire and set a bunch of Jewish people free, and that, that would be great, but, you know, then there wouldn't be any follow-on. And, and God's not into just a moment in time. He's into each and every one of us. Come on, can I get an Amen. We believe in a God that has a hope and a future for us, right? Am I right? Okay. Uh, and, 
I think um, wide open doors, there's, uh, it says uh, that there's a, there's a time for wide open doors for a great work. Now, a great work isn't referring to um, just, again, it's not just about a thing that you can see, it's about the unseen. And, and the, the, the power of the, the unseen is that you're, when you start to look at it from that perspective, you, you change from thinking, okay, cool, I got a new job, I earn a bit more money. That's not just for you. You know, God, that's the scene, but God has actually put you there. You know, maybe there's some people in your workplace that need a little bit of love. Or maybe, you know, there's a new relationship or a new friendship. That's cool. It's not just so you can have fun. Maybe somebody needs some support in that season. Or, or maybe for a moment there, you know, you could share about the love of Jesus. There's this uh, amazing challenge by um, Carl Lentz and... Um, Ed shared it a while ago in one of our meetings, and I'm still challenged by it, and it says that, um, you know, every day he would just try and do one thing, and that was either uh, to pray for someone, uh, tell someone about Jesus, or invite them to a Sunday. And um, he would have this competition with his mate, and it was, um, and, <laughs> and I think about that often, and I'm like, you know, today, what, what have I done that's unseen? You know, what have I done that's, that's gone beyond just the here and now, that's gone beyond just, just a moment in time, that's, um, you, we never know the potential that's in a seed. You know, we, and, and the thing is, you, you don't know, well, you don't know the potential that's in a seed until you plant it. So, you know, you don't look at a seed and say, this is going to be a tree, it's going to be this high, and this one's going to be this high. It doesn't work like that. You've got you to take the seed, you've got to put it in the ground, and then you put some water on it, right? And then, and then it grows, and then you put some more water, and it keeps growing. And, and the thing is, you don't know the power of your words, and, and we, we never will know the full extent, but... If we don't choose to live a life of faith, if we don't choose to believe that there's more to this life than this life, you know, then we're not going to be able to see that come to pass. And and I think um, the the thought that I would, um, yeah, the, the thought that I would like to leave you with tonight is that uh, if this week we could go into our weeks and we could we could ask ourselves, you know, what are the opportunities I've been given this year, and then also ask ourselves, what's the unseen opportunity here? What's the unseen opportunity here? You know? And, and, uh, and I'd, Lord, I just pray for that. Right now, I pray that word would just drop in our hearts. Lord, that you would just let the un- unseen things stick out. That you would let them uh, come to light this week in conversations. Lord, that we know that it just takes one moment in your presence. It takes uh, one prayer with someone, Lord, to set someone free. It just takes, just takes one, one word from you. Lord, one word from your word, Father. And, and Lord, I pray that tonight, God, we would be a people that would see the unseen things and not just the seen, not just the natural, but we would live a supernatural life, a life on purpose, a life filled with faith in your mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Awesome. Well, I get the uh, great privilege of introducing our very next guest speaker, and uh, that is Pollyanna. Hey, give it up. Hello. How are we doing tonight? Are we doing good? Yeah? First of all, I just want to apologize that if you were expecting those big arms to be here, you know, it's not really going to happen. But hey, maybe someday or never. But okay, I'm just going to go straight into it. Um, and I'll be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 16 from verse 6 to 9. Um, it should be on the screen, so if you can follow along, that'll be amazing. So Paul starts off saying, Perhaps I will stay a while with you, possibly all winter, and then you can send me on my way to my next destination. This time, I don't want to make just a short visit and then go right on. I want to come and stay a while if the Lord will let me. In the meantime, 
I'll be staying here at Ephesus until the festival of Pentecost. There is a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. Now, I don't know about you, but every time I heard this scripture throughout the year, I always thought that this was for me. You know, like, oh man, this year, doors are going to be open. This year, God is going to provide. This year, he's going to, you know, money is just going to come from the sky and we're going to be blessed. Um, <laughs> but don't get me wrong. God's provision and all of these things that take place are a natural byproduct of his goodness. But after I kept reading it a bit more, I soon came to realize that that's not really fully what this means. You see, before verse 9 comes up, um, Paul was, you know, doing what he does best, which is spreading the gospel and writing letters. Um, but before that, he says, hey, church, Corinth, I want to come and stay with you this time a little bit longer. But... Before I do that, I have to stay here because there's a wide open door for a great work. There's a wide open door, not for my benefit, but for a great work. You see, Paul knew he had to stay because he knew that people needed to come to know Jesus, needed to come to know the love of God. He wanted to go to Church of Corinth and he wanted to be there with his fellow believer friends, but instead he decided to stay. Have you ever had that happen? You know, when you really want to do something and you really want to go to that party, but you really believe that God has actually called you to do something else? You see, Paul knew he had a mission and he wasn't willing to let anything get in the way of that. What was the wide open door? People's salvation. I wonder how many of us are missing our wide open doors because we are waiting um, for a door that might often look like, you know, here's blessings and here's amazing things for you. But in reality... Um, we need to be looking for things that don't benefit us, but benefit the people around us. You see, in my mind, walking through the wide open door might often look like an act of surrender or letting go of my personal preference to bless this person or to share the love of God to this other one. What is a wide open door? Salvation. And how do we walk through it? Through surrender. We need to surrender our routine. We need to surrender our preference. We need to surrender our busy schedule. And after we surrender, we just need to look around us. You see, when you look around you, don't be surprised when things go wrong. Paul has um, warned us from the very beginning that there are many who oppose me. Now, um, just a quick story of something that's happened beforehand. Um, a week before going into Shout, um, my husband Josh was walking through his wide open door. He had the awesome privilege of being able to lead someone into um, a prayer of salvation, um, of leading this man who was ready to give up in his marriage, who was ready to give up in his children, who was ready to give up on his job. But if Josh wasn't looking around, he wouldn't be able to go through that wide open door and see that man come to know Jesus. And you see, that same afternoon, just before shout, after we were fizzing over what God was doing, we got into a car accident, and we lost our car, um, and we knew that we were stepping into the enemy's territory. You see, when you start taking ground of the enemy's territory, he's not just going to say, oh, here, take it. There you go. You will face opposition. But John 16, says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Take heart. Come on, there's a wide open door for us this year. Is God going to provide? Yes, He will. Is He going to come through for you? Of course He will. Are you going to finish that degree? Well, I sure hope so. 
But come on, if those are the only things that we are looking for, if those are the only doors that we are after, then we're going to completely miss a bigger picture of what God is doing. Um, as I close, I just want to share a quick um, thought with you. Uh, C.S. Lewis once wrote, reality is not neat, not obvious, and not what you expect. I believe that if we are to live in God's reality for our lives of wide open doors, we need to be willing to embrace that in which is unexpected. We need to be willing to embrace that, that we're not waiting to happen. We need to be willing to look around us and surrender. You see, this week, you have two choices. You have the choice to continue to choose, to choose the wide open door um, of great work that God has for you, one of surrender, but one of impacting the lives of those around you, or you have the choice to continue to walk through the wide open door that will only benefit you. So as you walk into this week, what door are you going to choose? Thank you. And now I'll introduce to you Josh Christensen. Yeah, hi guys. Um, if you don't know me, I'm Josh and I get the privilege of leading Equipus Kids here uh, at Equipus Church with my amazing wife and our incredible kids team. Um, if you don't know me, it's because I'm always hanging out with the kids. Um, but today, I just want to really encourage you just with my own story um, and then just tell you about the, the doors that God has opened up in my life and, and how it came to pass. So like many of us, we're all human, we're all people and we have wants and we have needs and we're all believing for a breakthrough, whatever that is. And at the end of last year, um, I stepped into I needed a big wide open door. I needed God to come through. And at the beginning of 2018, uh, I went to Summer Revolution. I took a bunch of intermediates along. And I was sitting up in the bleachers. Uh, and God just said to me, he's like, Josh, I want you to give up several days of a job. I want you to work one day. Um, and I want you to volunteer at church doing kids and mass. And I was like, oh, flip. Like, how am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to pay for my car, my gas? Like, all this, God, it's just not... Uh, possible in the natural, but then I was like, man, the word I had from God earlier was just like, when was the word from God not enough? And so I was just like, okay, God, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to step out. And so that meant letting go of security in my own strength and trusting in God's. Um, and while letting go of my job, um, there were so many things I was praying for. I, was, uh, I needed money to buy an engagement ring. Uh, I needed to pay for a wedding, um, a honeymoon. I needed a place to live, and I, I needed a new car. Um, but the verse I held on to uh, throughout that year was Matthew 6, 26 to 34 to be on the screen. It says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in their barns for your heavenly father feeds them and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work, uh, so they don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? You know, God's not a God that's just going to leave you hanging. When he was like, hey, Josh, step out, leave your job, go volunteer. He wasn't like, oh, go do that, and I'm going to stand over here and watch you fall. He's not that kind of God. He doesn't leave you hanging. He goes on the journey with you. And when you find yourself in those storms, God is there. He picks you up, and he's like, come on, we're going to go. We're going to do this together. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna keep going on this journey. And so I just absolutely love this verse that we've been uh, going through this year in 1 Corinthians 16, 9. There is a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. And, you know, so often we look at this verse and we're like, man, let's just look at the good bit. Let's look at the wide open door. Like, yes, God, I want a breakthrough. I need healing. I want financial breakthrough, whatever it is. But we forget to look at, you know, there's room for a great work here. And so... 
giving up my job was, was hard, but that was the great work that God had for me to do. Um, and that couldn't be possible. Like, I wouldn't, have been, wouldn't be doing what I am today. I wouldn't have the, the influence I have today over the, the younger generation. Um, I wouldn't have any sort of seed in their life if I didn't make myself available. And it's like, man, I just had to make myself available for God. And that's all you have to do. Here's a great work. And all you have to do is say, yes, God, I'll do it. Whatever that looks like, I'll do it. And I'll make myself available. And sometimes, you know, that journey towards the wide open door, uh, we expect it to look one way and it looks the total opposite. Like, for me, it was like, it didn't look like giving up my job. It didn't look like you know, giving that up and just like having total faith that God was going to provide because I didn't know how I was going to pay rent. I went through the year and it was just unbelievable how God's faithfulness continued to follow me as I put his house first. You know, we never know what is on the other side of our obedience. It could be that house, could be that car, could be that salvation of your, your friend or your family member, could be that financial breakthrough, that healing, that miracle, whatever we're believing for. It's like we never know what's on the other side of that obedience. And, and the second half of the verse goes on to say, although many oppose me, and a lot of us try to look past this as well, but we come across opposition. And the thing is, it's like uh, throughout last year, or when, I, when that God gave me that word to, to give up my job, to, to volunteer, five days later, I'd already called up my boss saying, hey, I'm doing one day. Five days later, my car was stolen. And I was like, God, what is this? Are you, are you telling me the truth? Like, is this what you want me to do? But I just had to trust that God was in it. I was like, man, it's going to take me an hour longer to get everywhere else. But I guess he was just saving me money on a car. But really, it was like, man, I was facing opposition. And, you know, God puts these uh, giants in front of us for us to conquer them. And I just, yeah, I was just really challenged by this. And it's, when there's the presence of opposition, that's when we know God is at work. So like when we come up against things, it's like, yeah, God is in that space. It's like we look at David. He never let Goliath get in the way of his victory. And the presence of opposition, God was there. Joshua never let the wall of Jericho stop the Israelites from stepping into their promise. And the presence of opposition, God was there. Moses never let Pharaoh or the Red Sea get in the way of their freedom. And the presence of opposition, God was there. Jesus never let the devil get in the way of our salvation. In the presence of opposition, God was there. And I don't know, your, your opposition might not, look like, might not look like a wall, or it might not look like an ocean or a king, but whatever it is, you know, God is in there with you. Whenever you face opposition, God is there. And so I was believing for all these things last year, and I came up against opposition, but God was good. It's like one year later, I can say that I was able to buy an engagement ring. I have an amazing wife. Um, our wedding was paid for in full. And we paid absolutely nothing for it. Um, we had an amazing honeymoon over in America. We had more than enough money for that. We landed back in New Zealand, and we were given a brand new car. And we were given a place to live in Auckland rent-free for two years. Now, you can't tell me that God's going to open a door and he's going to leave you hanging. We serve a God that wants to bless you, that wants to give you favor. And all you have to do is step into that great work that he has for you. So... I just want you to know that God knows the desires of your heart. He's not going to leave you hanging. He's not going to say, do this, and I'm going, to, I'm going to forget about whatever you were dreaming for over here. I'm going to forget about their healing, forget about their miracle. He's not like that. He's going, to, he's going to carry you. He's going to walk with you. And so I just want to leave you guys with that encouragement. Like, just whenever God brings up that good work, just take it, take it full hand and be like, yes, God, I'm going to do it. Because God's not going to drop you. He's not going to leave you hanging. He's going to follow through. So, yeah, thanks, guys. Awesome. I'm just going to pass over to Gabby. Hello. Hi, everyone. Lovely to see you all at the 6 p.m. I'm hardly ever awake this late, so it's really great to be here. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway, awesome. Hey, I'm, I'm loving this conversation that we're having about the wide open doors. 
I'm loving it. And, and the journey that God puts us on where he presents these wide open doors of opportunity. Um, when, I, when I think about the open doors in my life, um, I do think of my current job. Um, it was in the lead up to Shout last year where Pastor Sam, he introduced us um, this 52 days of breakthrough. And where as a church, we would pray and we would believe for a breakthrough, for God to do something miraculous. And um, it was during this time I was in a, I was in a good job, relatively good job. I was happy. Um, it was a secure job. Um, it had a, a pretty good career pathway set out. So I was pretty happy there. Um, but during this 52 days of breakthrough, I felt a conviction to pray for employment opportunity. Um, yep, so I prayed. And being the incredibly efficient person that I am, I did nothing else about it. Um, just prayed, here we go, God, you know, probably think about it again next week. Um, but the next day, I get a phone call. I hadn't, I hadn't even updated my CV, didn't do anything. Next day, I get a phone call from this company um, saying, hey, you've been shortlisted for this role that I hadn't applied for. Um, and and as, as the situation unfolds, I end up in an interview with this company I'd never heard of, um, in an industry I had no experience in, for a role I'm underqualified for. And on top of that, half the interview was in Mandarin, which is a language I can't speak. Um, so, you know, there's no logical reason as to why I would have got that role. But two days later, after the interview, um, I got offered that position. And, and it, was a, it was a really hard, it was quite a risky move for me. Um, but I really felt that God was in it, so I, so I went after it, and, and there we go. I've been there since, and there has been huge opportunity there. There's been opportunity to, to see my friends employed there and people I know. Um, there's been opportunity to advise our CEO in different areas, um, and there's been opportunity to um, bring people to church, which is awesome. But, but amongst all of this, it can still be incredibly easy to doubt the significance of that wide open door. It's just a job, right? I mean, you know, what's so significant about that? What's so significant about my work? Or what's so significant about building that relationship or having that conversation? I wonder how often doors of opportunity may be presented to us, but we spend too long doubting the significance of whether it's even worth opening that door. And without intending to, we can actually close the door of opportunity. I mean, isn't it funny that often the door to op opportunity will be placed within the room of complacency? That in order to get to that wide open door, I have to push past what is comfortable, what is familiar, what is known. I mean, I absolutely could have stayed in my secure, easy job. Like, I could have. But, you know, I wouldn't know the God of the impossible, like I do now, I wouldn't, that if, that in this seemingly insignificant open door, I've been exposed to what God can do. I've been exposed to all of that, so when the next wide open door comes my way, I can go to the reserve of faith that's been built in my spirit to go through that wide open door boldly. And I pray you know, I pray that we would be a people that would dare to sacrifice our comfort. We would dare to sacrifice our comfort in order to access the wide open, open door of opportunity. And not just for our own sake, 
but for other people. There's other people that need us to access that wide open door. There's other people that need that breakthrough that, that they can get if we go through our door. There's other people that will be impacted. You know, we don't just access the opportunity for ourselves, but it's for our community. It's for our family. It's for our workplace, our schools. It's for others. So wherever you stand, your door of opportunity, it holds significance. I mean, I know it's risky. I know it's risky. (laughs) But wouldn't we rather endure a moment of uncomfortable risk because we know the opportunity and the blessing that's on the other side. Yeah, 